You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! I, ta- I watched Dirty Dancing Havana Nights if we want to talk about Diego Luna being a hottie. I can bring that to the table. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm good, actually. <laughs> Only because I haven't seen Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. It is super fun. Like, I'm it's sure. a good time. It's just awesome to watch, like, little baby Luna. Like, he's so little. <laughs> and I guess, I guess that's really good that I recognize that, that he is quite young in that movie and that me a 34 year old should not necessarily be super attracted to like a 24 year old <laughs> so but it's it's weird it messes with your brain because it's perfectly fine for me to be attracted to like 40 year old diego luna which is like rogue one version of diego luna and then but then it's like real weird to then watch him when he's younger and it's just like there's something like weird like your brain my brain is like what's wrong What's it's so weird. <laughs> okay, but Diego Luna is he was born in nineteen seventy nine, so like you say, he's he is forty, he's forty one. Yeah. I yeah. uh, I or or he will be on December twenty ninth, I guess. Um so I uh, Havana Nights was was two thousand what did I just see? I just I just looked at it. Two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. So that's I guess that's that's 16 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh like it, God! It's right. In 2004, 16 years ago. Yeah, man. That can't be right. It was, it was real upsetting for me to like have that. Yeah, dude. It's so long ago. Like I was like in my brain when Charlotte brought up that Diego Luna's in Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. I literally was like, oh man, I've been meaning to watch that. And then it was like me being like wait this movie's from 2004 that is 16 years ago but literally like i remember the movie coming out and me having a whole like thing with myself of being like i should watch the movie and ever since it's just been like a movie i should watch that i've just never gotten around to for 16 years for 16 years but then you finally did and yeah it was worth it so i mean like well i mean like so 41 minus 16 he's still in his 20s. Yes, yes. Like, he's yeah. in his 20s. And he's perfectly fine. Like, it's not like there's yeah. nothing, like, creepy about it. But it, it's just, like, he looks so young. Okay. But, like, so, so there's, there's two parts to this. And I'm going to get to that right after I do the intro here. Because this is the, okay. the episode started. I don't know oh, if you what? noticed that. Yeah, no? that we just started it. Oh, it's done. Okay, this is cool. the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at patreon.com slash thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murowski and JJ Samuel, or you can wait and get it late every Friday on podcast services around the galaxy, 
or across the galaxy, around across the galaxy, the ga- whatever. Across the galaxy. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. I hope that everybody was really confused with how this episode started, though. Yeah, I know no, me too. That, I like it. In- <laughs> I like the, I like cold opens like that. Like, that's, that's, I prefer that. And, and we've never really, we've never really found ourselves in that situation before. But we had said, like, okay, we're done with the, with the post-show content. And we kind of took a little bit of a break. And then we started talking about... Diego, Diego Luna, Luna. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, this is too good not to put <laughs> on the podcast." So I was like, "It's just, this is the beginning of the episode." Um, it is. I will say that stuff like that is what traumatizes me to never be able to have normal conversations with you. Yeah. When we're podcast, because I always have to assume that what I'm talking to you about, I, it's like a, I, it's like a, like that is going to end up on a podcast. Like I, I do do that sort of like off the record thing. Like where whenever yeah. I have something that can't be recorded, I say, Hey Mike, just so you know, like, I just want to talk to you without recording. And yeah, I yeah. have to specifically say that. Otherwise I just automatically have to assume that, that, I, that I'm like, always recording. Hey, do got, yeah. Do you got anything to talk about today? And I go, no. Well, we could talk about Diego Luna. Here yeah. are my thoughts on Diego Luna. <laughs> um, I'll say so. I I listened to a podcast today, and then I'll, I'm I'm gonna circle back around to to what I was okay. gonna say about Diego Sounds Luna good. in his 20s and you being a creep. Okay, uh, okay. great. I'm so excited. Yeah, and don't worry about it. <laughs> I I I was listening to a podcast today, an interview. I I Armchair Expert is the podcast, the one that Dak Shepard hosts. Um, oh, he was nice. interviewing Natalie Portman, and I, I, they were talking about when, when she filmed the movie closer where she's, she's a, a, an exotic dancer in that film for people who don't remember. Cause that was also probably around 16 years ago. Um, I imagine that was around 2004, 2005. Right. Um, and she was talking about, uh, cause they, they had kind of gotten there through this conversation about like, you know, she started acting when she was really young, but then she was in these roles where at a young age, she, like the, like her character was sexualized, right? Like, like, mm-hmm. the, like Lolita style stuff, like in, like in Leon, the professional, right? Like, it, like that, there is definitely like that element that, that undercurrent there and other movies that she did when she was younger, that was definitely there. So she felt very guarded and protective of her sexuality when she was younger and like into her twenties because of that. Cause she felt like, Oh, like this is, this is happening. So I have to be careful sort of thing. Right. And like, I'm, I am paraphrasing like crazy here. So go listen to that episode. If this is of any interest to anybody, but she got to, they got to, to talking about closer and her doing that. And that really being the first time that, that she kind of stepped out of that, mindset and 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 was um like like i get like provocative with, with her performance right like she's an exotic dancer so you know like like basically getting half naked uh, on screen right um and she said that the only reason that she was comfortable doing it was because she, the director that she was working with i can't remember his name but um she was they were their friends Right. It was like one of her best friends. So she was really comfortable with him and knew that that she could trust him to not like like push her beyond where she was comfortable. So because of that, she was able to go too far 
right like in the way that she talks about it is that like she she was able to like perform and and then look at the dailies afterwards and go like no that can't be in the movie like that's that's too much right yeah, yeah. and because she trusted him like he like he never even like argued he was like yeah absolutely like like never even said anything sort of thing it was just like nope 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 and and he was just like okay and so it just it was never even a there was never even a discussion back and forth it was just like a a a hard line sort of thing and that that trust allowed her to get deeper into the performance and do things that she like make choices that she wouldn't have otherwise made because of that comfort level that's good all of that to circle back around to, I hope that they, uh, that you trust me enough that, you know, like, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna publish anything that would be compromising to you. Right. Like, and, and I think that you do get like, you know, that, that like, of course, if, yeah. if no, there's I mean, ever anything like yeah. that, that you're uncomfortable with that we cut it, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's I just remember, funny that... I remember asking you that once, actually, there was something that I had gone through. And then afterwards, I was like, hey, you know what? I really don't want to put that on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think we went, went through and I made you do editing work that day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So speaking of things that that might be compromising and that I probably shouldn't say on a podcast, Ooh. but I, I in terms of you feeling creepy about Diego Luna <laughs> being lusting after his let's say i don't want to do the math 25 year old self i is that that's probably pretty close he's about he's about 20 see the thing is because in 2004 i would have been 18 and he is 40 and so i'm doing the math from my own self that he is six years older than me so he would have been 23 is that is that six years older than 18 18 19 20 21 22 23 yeah 24 he's he'd be 24 24 so so (laughs) and 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 to me like that's one of those things that i'll always like like when i watch if i watch saved by the bell yeah and i'm like look i still have feelings about kelly kapowski as a 35 year old man right like yeah and like recognizing that she is like a teenager in that show but also recognizing that those feelings are nostalgic from when I was like 12, <laughs> right? Like even younger than yeah. that, really. Well, like, when I, I was mean... watching Saved by the Bell for the first time. So it's like, so there's like, that's, there's complicated emotions in there. And you're kind of doing a reverse on that. That's exactly what it is. It's a reverse nostalgia for an older version. Yeah. Like, him. yeah, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like it's, it's, it, you're still in the safe zone there but it's like i'll watch a show like let's say uh we just started watching teenage bounty hunters which i i I love have you watched it yet no is it on? you gotta watch this show you need to watch it okay i i think that you will like it very much all right um which which streaming platform do i need to be it's on netflix it's on netflix okay uh and Whenever there are teenage girls in a show, I'm using teenage in quotes here because and it, it'll make sense in a second. They're often not teenagers, right? Yes. And a lot of the time when the shows are sexually suggestive, as this show tends to be, um, I have to really quickly like pop open IMDb and look and see like how old is that actor? 
so that I can like calibrate my brain into like, how am I allowed to think about this? Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, because, and again, like, like most of the time, 16 year olds in a TV show don't behave like 16 year olds in real life. Um, they might be in, in the scenarios of a 16 year old in real life, but their responses are very often the responses of a 25 year old, like at, at the least. Right. Um, that, and they're usually being played really by weird. a 25 year old. This looks Sorry? really weird. This show looks really weird. I just Googled it. It is it is super weird and it's <laughs> awesome. It's incredible. Amazing. Um, but yeah, like so so like we're talking about a show where like I am 35 and the actors that are in it are in their early 20s, but I'm still going like it's okay for me to say that they're attractive. You know what I mean? Like, like, it, like that we're still in an okay spot there, but as a guy, like I always have to be doing that math. Like I always have to be, I think as a woman, you get a lot more leeway and this kind of, this kind of ties back into last week's episode, right? Of like, like the best episode ever. Yeah. I uh, certainly the best episode of the Thunderquack podcast, but I, yeah. uh, it like there it's, it is, it is very dangerous for a guy to, say something about a, a an actor that is younger right because because guys are the worst I, th- I think that we can all agree that men suck um you know the patriarchy etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, and because of that men are have been socialized to think that they can take what they want and and because of that there's a lot more like red flags that go up when when guys say certain things um about women so it's there's like there's always like this weird balance like this weird like delicate thing of like like wait okay this is a show about these girls and their teenagers but they're actually not teenagers they're actually adults but but then you also have to do like the mental math of like yes they're adults but they're adults that were cast because they do look like they're 16 so like like what's the what's the threshold here where does this get weird where do we get into dangerous territory of of like of how the show is handling things right and and i i don't know i think like that's always something that that content creators writers and producers and whatever that i think that they do that i think that that i don't think that enough of them do it well enough because I do think that like there are weird things that happen in TV shows where you're like, I actually don't think that that's appropriate. But um, this I'm not this show specifically because Teenage Bounty Hunters is very much for adults. It is not for children. Uh, uh, but sometimes you will see shows that are aimed at like, uh, let's go, I mean, to totally tie it back into last week, the OC, right? Where you have actors that are 100% adults playing teenagers for a teenage audience, but putting those teenagers into very compromising adult situations. That's the drama of that show. Right. And it's like, where does that show become irresponsible in the way that it portrays teenagers? Because I think back to when we were in high school and like, yeah parties were crazy and stuff like that and stuff was going on but it wasn't like everybody was doing all of the worst stuff all of the time but the tv shows depict that reality right um 
and like the American Pie movies where you've definitely got adults. Like you've got like adult adults. Like Jason Biggs looks like he's like 27 and he's playing a, a 17 year old. Right. Um, and American Pie is one of the many movies, like a lot of the, the John Hughes stuff. Oh that yeah. That you're like, but okay. So there might be a rule though with stuff like that, right. Where there's like a rule in that people in beer, you can feel free Mike for the rest of yeah. your life to sexualize people in beer commercials. If you so choose, um, because yeah. you have to be, you have to be over the age of 25. Yeah. So like there might be something to do with like explicit content or R rated films in which like if you're a teenager that they might like really have restrictions sure, on. Who sure, yeah, for. yeah, yeah, because those are R rated movies. But like yeah. my my point about about American Pie being that like it 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 normalizes the idea that you have to lose your virginity before you graduate from high school, right? Oh, yeah. Like right. they like they and that if you have not, then then prom is when you absolutely must do it and if you don't then like and i'm talking very much from the male perspective on this right because that's what that movie is about if if you haven't and you and you are not or whatever like then you have to make a pact with your three best friends that you're all gonna lose your virginity on prom night right like it just it it's just to me it's like that's when you start to get into like into harmful stuff into like damaging I, I like and and like don't get me wrong like i love the american pie movies i think that the 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 three core ones like they get into garbage territory later on but but the core three ones like i think are are really fun movies i love them and 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 i definitely have a lot of nostalgia for them but i do also think that they put some very harmful ideas into my head as a 16 17 year old oh yeah oh, right yeah. and and put a lot of pressure on me that didn't need to be there um and and that and and to to be fair they are r-rated movies and i technically wasn't allowed to watch them but according to you know the 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 uh rating board status of them but also i mean like those movies weren't made for 40 year olds right like like those movies aren't weren't for because that's where it's like the the american pie movies are where a lot of us started on that on like our tasting comedy. And then that grows up with us into the Judd Apatow movies, right? Like when oh, we hit yeah. like our twenties, yeah. then all of a sudden Judd Apatow is, is telling stories about people in their twenties and thirties. Right. And that carries you through into your thirties. And then, and then, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what the comedies will be like in another five years where they're all about uh 40 and 50 year olds but uh, uh doing raunchy things i guess that's already started happening with with like uh, uh what's the there's the robert de niro i mean he's not he's not 50 he's like 70 or something but the oh what is that one called i can't remember. he's actually i think he's made like three movies now that are like raunchy comedies where it like the joke is that he's an old man but he's, you know, oh, yeah. having sex with college co-eds and stuff. Or, like, that's what the trailers imply to me. I've never watched any of these films, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, just, I, 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 I think about that stuff a lot. Like, like where's the responsibility and the content that you're producing? And, like, uh, certainly, like, the audience that you're aiming it for. Um, it's, I, 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 one of the, my friends on Twitter 
uh, Thai. She she does these uh, uh, videos on mostly on Star Wars, but kind of on myth and storytelling. Uh, her YouTube channel is Wit and Folly. Um, they're awesome. These videos are so good. If you've listened to, to Faster, More Intense, she's been on the podcast. And, uh, and, and I talk about her stuff all the time because so much of it is Star Wars focused. But we had a conversation about um, uh, Alita Battle Angel that they like she kind of made me think about it in a different light because i watched that and i don't i think i might have even talked about it on the podcast because like i watched that movie and i loved it like i thought it was fantastic from start to finish um and i like how far they pushed it and like how close it was to the source material but she really doesn't like it because of the fact that it was marketed to teenagers and it is a pg-13 film because for the most part, the people that are getting sliced in half are robots, right? Like they're, they're cyborgs. So it's like, oh, well, they're already, they're, 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 they're a robot monstrosity thing, right? So who cares if their arm gets sliced off and blue goo comes out of the arm? It's not, it's very clearly not real, right? Um, but, but it is very, uh, graphic it is very visceral and and the, like it, it like the violence is ultra violence and it's really not it shouldn't be for 13 year olds right like it's the it, it definitely should be uh like a uh an 18a or what nc17 in the states i think is what it is i don't know i, I can't oh, i can never yeah. remember what the differences are between like nc17 and r and all that stuff but i feel like nc17 is worse than r right yeah, that's I. That's that's why I'm conf- I'm I'm always like kind of confused about yeah. that stuff. But yeah, um, and th- because then you have the added layer of the fact that we're Canadian, we have a different rating system, a different scale than than they do in the states. But um, it's mostly the same, but it's kind of different when you get into the 18A NC 17R territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but but she definitely made me think about, it, and I watched it again the over the the weekend. Because Robert Rodriguez directed the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, and I didn't, uh, I didn't vibe with that episode of The Mandalorian. Interesting. Uh, I I like the story and everything, and I'll talk more about it on Faster, More Intense this week, obviously. But but um, I didn't like his directing style in it. Like it was very like guerrilla filmmaking, like handheld, low angle action stuff. Um, and it just, it just, it felt cheap to me. It felt like a fan film. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, it just, it just really didn't work for me in terms of, it's not that it was, it's not that the action was poorly done. It just didn't vibe with star Wars. Right. Like it didn't, it didn't, doesn't fit with the aesthetic of, of that universe in my opinion. And that's just, that's just me. Um, I have certain opinions on 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 what that should be, and I'm oh, man, totally willing to. I didn't know to... that he did the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, Ooh. and like, and this is the thing: I like a lot of what Robert Rodriguez has done. I, I, and and he directed Alita, and I remember watching it and being like, I love this movie, and then having that conversation with Ty, and then, uh, and then watching this episode of Mandalorian and then trying to reconcile, like I'd like Robert Rodriguez. Why didn't I like what he did here? Is it just because in the context of star Wars, it doesn't work for me. So I wanted to watch Alita again and be like, do I, does Alita have the same style 
that he used in this episode of Mandalorian. And so I watched Alita and Alita, it doesn't like he's like, it's, it's, it's so polished. It's actually really far from a lot of his other stuff that tends to be very like indie style guerrilla filmmaking, you know, handy cam sort of, sort of stuff. Right. Um, I didn't know the faculty was him, man. Yeah. He's directed a lot Absolutely. of stuff that yeah. like, that is like pop culture, I I I I don't know like like fabric yeah 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 um no like like he's a yeah and he's an amazing director I do think like he's a he he like his 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 ideas of how to make movies um and like the economy of storytelling and stuff like that um is is visionary like he is he's up there with uh with with like a i mean like with john favreau with with uh like kevin smith like like these guys who 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 did things in the 90s in the early 90s that like they didn't have any money and they just kind of figured it out they just made movies right and they they kind of democratized filmmaking back then um as much as you could when it was still film but uh because there's obviously an incredible expense along with that, but but they proved that you could, if you had a good story and good performances, that you could get away with a lot of budget filmmaking techniques, um, mm-hmm. and still and still be commercially successful and 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 become a hit, right? And and define a genre like as as those directors all have. So, like he like he definitely has his place in the pantheon of of like great auteur directors but it was just like i I just didn't like what he chose to do with star wars (laughs) especially with the mandalorian which has been so stylized like it's been it, it i don't know i think even more than a lot of um a lot of the movies it's been like the like just in terms of like cinematography and stuff like that it's been very stylized um, and coming off of the week before with the Ahsoka episode being like so heavily art directed. And then this most recent one feeling so kind of, uh, I, you know, we're just going to drive 45 minutes out of Los Angeles and, and film on some rocks and bushes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, I just, it, it was, it was weird to me. There's a disconnect, but I'm, I'm all over the place tonight that I, I watching Alita again with that lens of like, this was marketed to 13 year olds. I was definitely like, yeah, no, I, this is definitely a bit far for that audience. I think like this, this movie probably should have been rated R, but, um, but they didn't want it to be rated R cause then it can't play to a wider audience. Right. Um, but then the other thing that I said to Crystal was like, like all of that said, 13 year old me would have lost his mind watching this movie. Right. Like it, like it would have, it would have hit so hard. It would have been so, so good to 13 year old Mike's brain. Like they could not have conceived of this stuff that was watching anime. Right. Like I was watching yeah, yeah. the fourth material. Um, but then this is photorealistic. Right. So I don't know. Like it's, it, it's all kind of kind of wondering like where where does the line get drawn and and what is the social responsibility of of studios and and filmmakers and stuff like that to uh 
uh, to care about how the content they're producing is going to affect the audience that they're selling it to. Right. Cause that might not be the same thing as the audience that it's intended for. And I think that's where the disconnect is with some of this stuff for me. I don't know. I talked I a do, lot. Do you have you any did. thoughts? <laughs> I do. And I, I want to go back just because like I, I had an, an awesome opportunity to hang out virtually with my friends um on this week uh on friday we decided to do like a facebook hangout that we hadn't done in a long time which is awesome um and we were just like reminiscing about stuff and one of the things that we just wound up talking about was you know dating during pandemics and how like you don't want to and the fact that i'm not on any dating maps um and what but one of the things that i was talking about is that how i like had gone on a few dates in the beginning of the year and then one of the things that really freaked me out about one of the people was that how nonchalant he was about a stab wound that he had received from his ex wife. And I had said <laughs> this as a thing where I'm kind of like, Oh my God, like it really freaked me out where I was like, it just like, he like made it seem like it was just like no big deal. And it was like, Oh yeah, she was like really violent. And, Cause to me, that's like, like downplaying violence. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like what? Do, and what because my friends are who they are they're like well yeah that's because men have to be nonchalant about um like being attacked by women otherwise they'll get made fun of and i was like what a terrible consequence of sexism and just yeah. like the idea of like so i just i just want to go back to the beginning where you're kind of like guys are the worst and all this stuff and i just because it's like more i'm more attuned to it right now just because of that conversation i had with my guy friends who are all very like socially conscious and like very much call me on stuff that i say like that so i just felt like it was worth bringing into the conversation about the idea that like while we are a podcast and we keep things pretty light it's a general thing that yes it's like guys have to be more careful because the world yeah. has painted men in a certain way but also we are very conscious here on thunderquack that there is a lot of stuff that comes from that that is very negative and does impact men in really terrible ways so we don't mean to like underplay that i think when we say stuff and i just want to make sure that people recognize that there's a time and a place where they can they should be uh heard and acknowledged and that obviously not all men are garbage or whatever it was that we like generalized with earlier on yeah. um but that that it's like we, we're really coming from a very specific place of talking about how like sexism has evolved and how like yeah. like so i just i just felt i felt like that was worth noting because i think for the we've we've sort of leaned into like cishet stereotypes for the last two episodes and so i just really want to make sure that we're recognizing the full breadth of like uh like consequences of sexism in in yeah, the world sure. and and we don't mean to like trivialize that but it's true like there's a lot of stuff that you have to come at very carefully as a guy that women get a lot of passes for and it's not that that's fair or how the world should be it's just the structure of how stuff has evolved and happened and why i'm trying to be more conscious of stuff like that right where i feel like a, a chance to talk about how weird it is to watch like this young dude yeah. even though he's like older than me or at the time would have been like right in the right age for me to like if i had watched dirty dancing havana nights at the time in which it actually came out it was very much directed at my demographic right like oh, that movie sure. was made for me <laughs> so mm -hmm. he was well within the scope of somebody that i was like meant to sexualize like that is something that was like 
like packaged in that. Um, it's just very interesting. Like you're saying, like all the complexities of looking back at that and you're like, okay, who are these things meant for? And like, how does it like the consequences of like, of casting young people and, and having them act much outside of the scope of their age or having these um, shows that are just like way denser than the like young audiences that they're made for. And then you're like, well, who is it actually made for? And are we making the right choices in hypersexualizing people in these roles? And then the, the overall consequence of that, right? Like you're saying how important it is and how impactful it is that media that you watch something like, like American Pie when you're young and you take those sort of tropes and ideas with you. Like I just, again, I'm rewatching friends and literally there was an episode where Ross and Chandler, it was like a flashback to them in college and they were both like, Oh man, I had sex in high school. And he's like, yeah, me too. I'm cool. And it's like, like, you know that they both didn't, but they like felt like they needed to say that, or maybe they did, yeah. but it's just that idea that you're, that they were like, don't think that I'm dumb. Cause I can't hit on this girl. Right. It's like, and it, their whole, yeah. like their whole being and, and ability to, to save face was based on their ability to have had said that they weren't a virgin. Right. And but but yeah, like, but, like but that, then right? with that example, I think that you're looking at because it is that show is for an older audience, right? It is, it yeah. is for the, it's for the age that those characters are right. Yeah. yeah. They, the way that they play that conversation is it's actually subversive, right? Because the reality is like, well, neither one of them had sex in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and, and so like, they're both saying that they need to live up to that, to that standard. And like, it's, it's, it's putting that under a lens, right? It's doing it in a very subtle way of being like, like, this is what, this is what we all say that we have to like the standard that we have to live up to. But here's the reality. Two out of the three guys on this show did not. And the, and the third one, he's very clearly got some issues around sex. But yes. And I would, I would agree with you if the show thought in that many complex layers like let's just be real about the fact that there's like latent sexism and blatant homophobia like rampant in friends oh for sure like for sure and at that particular moment i love that you're saying that you were like looking at it through that lens but i actually think it was played for the laugh like haha these nerds didn't have sex in high school no i but i don't but that's why the laugh works that's why that that's why that's a joke that that is more than just ha ha look at these nerds right like because it is definitely ha ha look at these nerds but the but the joke there is supposed to be like like uh, especially because it's like the it's one of the flashbacks right so whenever we do the flashbacks on friends it's always like man look at how stupid we were when we were younger (laughs) right like in the first time that they do it and chandler's got the flock of seagulls haircut and and in the episode that you're talking about which is the 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 college party, right? Yeah, the one with Ellen Pompeo. Yeah, the, uh, and it's, it's like Halloween or something like that. No, it's not Halloween, but it just seems like it because everybody is dressed ridiculously. But the <laughs> two of them come in looking like characters from Miami Vice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like and and like that's so to me it's like that that's all. There's a lot of subtext there, but it is very much like uh, man, the things that we used to do when we were that age because we were trying our hardest to be cool, not realizing that like it didn't matter. 
Yeah. Right. That like yeah. it, it had no bearing on how successful we would be in our lives. And like, like, I do think that that subtext is there. I, it's, it's not pointed for sure. Right. But I yeah. do think that, I do think that when, when comedy writers are writing stuff like that, that they're aware of, of those dynamics, because that's like, if you write comedy, then you have to understand the dynamics of how that breaks down. Right. You can't just, yeah. you can't just accidentally fall backwards into a nuanced joke like that in my opinion, like, and, and, and knowing friends as well as I do, I, I don't think that they fell backwards to, into nuanced jokes like that because the show is very clever. If it wasn't you and I wouldn't still be watching it all these years later. Cause nostalgia only gets you so far. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I can, like, like another great example is, is boy meets world, right? Boy meets world is a fantastically written show. It's got continuity issues all over the place but it actually is a very smart show and there's like the jokes are very smart and they work on multiple levels for the different audiences that will be watching it the kids as well as the teenagers as well as the adults right yeah so at every stage of your life you get something different from it um but other shows that were contemporary to it like let's say i don't know sabrina the teenage witch which i loved just as much at the time as boy meets world yeah i it has no substance, right? Like if I were to watch an episode today, I'd be like, yep, those were the jokes. Yeah. Those were the mean, gags, right? Like, and it, because it's all low hanging fruit, it's all like very surface, like, oh my goodness, I have magic powers and I can't use them in front of other people. If I get caught, I'll get in trouble. If I use my magic to do this, I'll get in trouble, right? And it's like every episode of that show is exactly the same. Okay. Nothing ever really happens, right? You- like it's, You brought it up now, though. I do have to say that, like, if I could be a witch, the power I would take advantage of is when she hasn't studied for the test and she just stops time, sits down and opens her textbook to study for a test. Like, (laughs) come on. What a great power. (laughs) It's it. It, it it says a lot about Sabrina as a character that, that she would do that, like so that she would use it to, for extra study time, because I think the majority of us would use it to then like go steal the answers, and you know, whatever. But yes, yes, um, yeah, I guess so. It was a wholesome show. Yeah. Zach Morris would definitely uh, use that to steal answers to a test. But although he could stop time, he did have that ability, weirdly, in that show. It's a. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Sorry, he did. I didn't. You were talking about something else. I was no, 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 no. I, I, my thought was done. I, I was, was I was happy for pivot. your interruption. I was going to completely pivot to say congratulations, Elliot Page. Because yes. Elliot Page's announcement came the day after we finished recording last week. So I just yeah. felt like it was really awesome to see such wonderful joy and support for him on my Facebook all week. And I just am um, so pleased. And I'm so excited that he's going to continue um, as Vanya in uh, the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. And that like kudos to Netflix for going back and um, updating his credit properly, um, yes. which is fantastic. So I'm just like cool. so excited for all of the wonderful um support and and joy that i saw last week and i just felt like i wanted to to shout that out on the podcast because we we missed the opportunity last week yeah and i uh, yeah actually you, you reminding me of that is great because you reminded me of of stuff that i wanted to talk about which was awesome. just sort of some ground rules for when something like this happens i mm-hmm. i first and foremost you should you should be happy for the mm-hmm. person 
um uh, a congratulations is definitely in order right like you can like that's definitely the the appropriate way to respond on social media um and it's a it is a celebration it, it is a celebratory thing um but then going forward i there are important things to remember <laughs> never use that person's former name right never ever I, I, it's like, that's, that's just one of those things. And sometimes you're going to, that's the other part of it. Like sometimes your brain might slip and you might say something, uh, and you, you might misgender or use the wrong pronoun. Um, and I, I want to relay the message that I've received from people in the trans community by, by, uh, both from friends as well as, as, uh, from people that I follow and that sort of thing. And, and just posts that I've seen. Uh, it's, Hey, it's okay. If, if it's an accident and, uh, don't make a huge deal about it. It's really simple. Catch yourself, apologize, do better next time. Yeah. That's it. Right. Like that's, and cause I think that, I think that for a lot of, um, cis and, and hetero people, it's, it's intimidating. Like there, there's an intimidation factor there of like, Oh my God, how do we talk about this? And that is, is almost, it's certainly not the worst thing that can happen. It's not the worst response. There are awful, awful, terrible responses, but from a, from a, like a well-meaning, I want to be progressive. I want to respond properly and make this person feel good, right? Like make them feel welcome and, and safe and open and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's one of the worst things that you can kind of do is to make a bigger deal out of it because that person is probably already dealing with a lot of anxiety and yeah. And then you're making it about you. So it, it, if it happens, you just go like, it's, it's super simple to just say, sorry, sorry. And then correct yourself and, and then just move on. Like, just, just keep going with the conversation or, or what have you. Right. Um, And it's just as important to do this when you are by yourself as when you are with other people or with, uh, uh, let's say a, a, a person who has transitioned or, or, or come out in that way. Right. I, when you are by yourself and you think of that person's dead name, correct yourself in your head, just do it. Like just get in the habit of doing it because eventually you'll actually, you'll get rid of it. Like, like, yeah. like it, that, that, uh, uh, repetition doesn't ruin the prayer is, is, a, is a saying, right. And it, it, it applies oh, in this, cute. in this instance, yeah. um, awesome. where it's like, it actually, like, like the, the more you can get that into your head, then when you, when you are in conversation, um, it's going to flow naturally. You're not going to mm-hmm. think about it. Right. Um, but if you don't do that, you're always going to be thinking about it when it happens. Right. And, and you're more likely to, to slip up and, and, and say the wrong thing. But, but I do think it's just really important that if you, if you are well-intentioned, well-meaning and a, and a decent person, they, they hopefully the people around you recognize that and your character, you know, uh, I, I sort of, uh, precedes you. And, and you, and you do have a little bit of leeway to slip up every once in a while. And that's not, that's not the same thing as 
someone intentionally misgendering someone or intentionally using a dead name in order to mock or hurt another person. That's very different. Right. And I just want to make sure that everybody uh, that that is listening to the podcast that maybe doesn't have uh, the diverse circle of friends that, that Amanda and I are fortunate enough to have um, and or might live in, a, in an area where where this sort of thing is something that you read about on the Internet, but you don't necessarily see on the street um, that like like don't don't let the right and wrong of all of this intimidate you because that's, it's actually one of the ways that you can start to feel resentment about it and then start to develop negative associations with it. Right. And you don't want to go down that path. Like that's, that's, that's the thing that I worry about with good people. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said this about the election, like the, the people who have chosen the wrong path and are stuck on that wrong path. Not much that we can do about them. Take a massive change of heart. Right. Um, But the people that are good people that are maybe ignorant or just haven't been exposed to stuff uh, or just, you know, like it's, it's just not, it's just not been a priority in their life to think about things this way. Like those are to me, those are the people that you have to focus on. And, and the worst thing that you could do is turn those people into an enemy, <laughs> right? By reacting badly when, when they make a mistake. And this is not just, it's not just about trans, uh, I, I don't know, decorum, I guess. <laughs> How do yeah, you define yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's sort of all of the, the, everything under that, that LGBTQ, uh, uh, category right um because in our society right now it's just it's 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 this stuff is becoming normalized but it's not there yet and it's kind of the hardest part it's Mm -hmm. it's it's getting getting over the threshold of that doorway is is actually like like one of the most difficult parts of it so um i don't know i think everybody just needs to have a little bit of compassion for uh for everybody who's trying to get it right you know um because yeah because the last thing that i would want to do is is make somebody i mean like we have we, you and i have definitely had conversations about other people where it's like they where they have reacted to something and it's it almost makes you um want to take the other side out of spite right wow. like 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 it, and that's and, the terrible and, thing that you're that you, yeah you like notice that you're like I really hope that this yeah like you it's just about treading carefully as you go through these conversations and trying to be as aware as po- as possible and and giving people the ability to mess up but to hold people accountable right if you're yeah. dealing with the same person on a constant basis and they're just not getting it you know that's them they need to do better yeah. but people that are trying genuinely and they might make one or two mistakes you know you stay there with them and you and you help them come along with it like I'm I mean I'm just loving that I feel like I'm it's taken me many years but I think my parents are getting there right where Mm. it's like you just slowly but surely like they just want to do better I don't think people want to be like I don't know my dad is asking me I sorry I know that I don't want to transition so fast to a different thing but my dad is asking me he's like I don't understand what's happening with with these anti-mask protests and I'm kind of like yeah, dad, 
there are some real a-holes on the internet. Like you just don't, you just don't know that there's these people that are just so viscerally angry at everything that they just, and my, but my dad, he's like, I just don't get it. Like they're going to these things and then they're, they're the ones that are ending up in the hospitals. And I'm like, yeah, dad, (laughs) that's why everybody's so mad at them. There are, there are people who've been hospitalized because of COVID that still maintain it's a hoax. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know. It's yeah. But it's, but you, but it's, it's kind of interesting where you, you get this whole, I don't know, it's a whole, it's like how to, how to be a human. We constantly are trying to navigate that dynamic, right? What, yeah. what do we do in our daily lives to just like decrease world suck, right? Like how do we just make yeah. the world a little bit better for as many people as possible? I'll tell you the, the, it's from my perspective, the best way to do it, the most important thing that you can do is to just set a better example for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just like, it's not about, um, a, a lot of adults are resilient, right? <laughs> like it's, it, uh, if, if, if you manage to make it that far, uh, then, then it's because, um, you either had a good support system or you, or you, uh, were very fortunate to have the inner strength to, to deal with, um, whatever sort of trials and tribulations right but but it's it's kids and teenagers that we have to do it for like that's the important thing and that's the thing to keep in in your mind when it is difficult when when it is frustrating and when it is upsetting and yeah you want to give up or you want to just you you're pissed off about the way that somebody talked to you and you just want to argue with them out of spite um to me, it is always a matter of like thinking of, of my girls and thinking like, well, I don't want them to grow up in this world. I don't want them to grow up with these hangups. I don't want the two of them to think at any point in their life that if they want to be or do or, or live a certain way that I have a problem with that. Like I, like I want them to, I certainly want them to be comfortable enough to talk to me about it. Right. Um, If they're questioning things or if they're exploring things or interested or have questions. Um, And a really cool thing that happened uh, last week that kind of like coincided with 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 the Elliot Page news is is that Kara, they went to the to the bookstore to to pick up a book for somebody else. And Kara picked a book off of the shelf called Auntie Uncle. That's about I. Uh, it's it, like it's in very vague terms because it's a children's book but it's about a a, a drag queen right mm. and this character leo who is also lada that's that's their drag personality um at a at a pride parade lada saves a, this little puppy from getting run over by one of the floats and so the mayor wants to give Lada an award, but Lada has this other life as Leo that like they, these two things have not crossed before, right? Uh, like they've been yeah. intentionally yeah. kept separate. And the, the narrator of this book is, is the nephew of, of Leo slash Lada. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the journey of the story is that, is that, um, they find this middle ground uh, because it's like, oh, well, the award is for Lada, but Leo wants his friends to be there too. 
right? But they don't know about Lada. So it's like they find this middle ground of Auntie Uncle, who is like both of these personalities put together. And so it's it it's obviously it's a conversation starter for you know uh, uh, gender dynamics and and the politics of it and you know identity and all of that sort of stuff. But it is very much a story for children. And she picked this book. Not really. I don't think she really knew. I I guarantee she didn't know what the content of it was because we read it and she was very like she had a lot of questions when we were done she picked it because it looked pretty right yeah. because yeah. Good, little, good girl fabulous <laughs> yeah. drag queen on the cover yeah. of it yeah. and the illustrations are, are fantastic in fact they're actually like the style uh is actually very similar to the way that i draw which i i thought was interesting um and uh, it's a great book and i'm so happy that she bought it but i'm even more happy that it was there Right, that it was yeah. sitting on a shelf in chapters and that she had the opportunity to pick this book up, yeah, which cool. like I didn't like you didn't right? Yeah. Like you would, yeah. you would have had to go into some off the beaten path store in a specific neighborhood um, and picked up one of the 25 self-published copies yeah. when we were four years old. Right. Yeah. Like, like and like you would have had to be so intentional about that it couldn't happen by accident but but this incredible happy accident occurred last week at like just the right time sort of thing when this is kind of and and i i do think that actually 2020 for all of its faults and uh nonsense has actually been um i think a really important year for trans rights. I think that it's been a really big part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's fantastic. And yeah, there's been a lot of pain along with that, 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 that goes hand in hand with that. That's what gets it into the conversation. That's what makes it topical. But that pain is, is definitely a growing pain into the next stage of, of society accepting yeah. these things. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I do think like that is that to me is always the key. If we want the world to be a better place, it it definitely you have to take your part in it. But I think the most important part that you can play, the most important role is passing those lessons on to the next generation. Right. Uh, let me bring it all back to Star Wars. It's exactly what Yoda says in The Last Jedi about the student teacher relationship. Right. Like mm-hmm. we are what they we are grow what they beyond, grow beyond. Right? Yeah which is such an amazing encapsulation of everything that it means to be a teacher, a mentor, a parent, all of that. Um, it is the, it, it should be the heart of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> flubbed it in that last movie, not understanding how, how important that line was, but, but um, in an alternate universe, it's the heart of the sequel trilogy. It's certainly the heart of, the last Jedi. Right. Um, because that's the lesson that everybody kind of needs to learn um, through the course of that. So it, 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 and and I think that that's a really important lesson for us to learn today that, 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 that's the important thing is that the next generation that comes after us, that a, we leave a world for them to live in first and foremost, Mm -hmm. but that we're setting them up with the tools to do better than we were able to do with the tools that were given to us. Cause there were definitely people that came before us 
that laid the groundwork for us to sit on a podcast in 2020 and say, oh boy, Friends sure was problematic, huh? <laughs> right? Like that's a, a, that's called progress. So I don't know. Yeah. I think we just keep plugging away. You just have to stay positive on this stuff. Optimistic, yeah. not positive. Pos- positive. Positivity is obnoxious. Optimism is important. Yeah, but I love it. I think that's it. I think I we think did it. I think that's a uh, that's a pretty good place to end there on some positive on some positivity. Wow, the last two weeks it's been interesting. These these yeah. two episodes have 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 been very organic and just kind of flowed on their own. Um, cool. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Are we are, are we back with another episode next week, or was this your third week in a row? Uh, I think this was my third week in a row, but we had some sort of conversation about planning it um, so that we'll be back for the 50th episode. And I can't remember what it is, but I think it is I think yeah. it is me podcasting next week and then not podcasting on the 21st. Yeah. Or the other way around. I really can't remember, Mike. <laughs> We're taking two weeks off, I thought. There's something we- about taking two weeks off. Yes. Sometime soon. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm sort of trying to go after the, the after end. the 14th. Yeah, there will be two weeks yeah. off. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think I think I'll be around next week. Okay. I don't I don't I don't remember quite frankly. You know, keep it as a surprise. It would be good <laughs> if, if we stay had tuned. Some sort of um. Like I I mean I can I can check if I put it in my calendar for for three weeks ago. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll figure did it out. I I did. Yes, I podcasted on the twenty third of November. And I didn't podcast on the 16th of November. So this is my third week podcasting in a row. So I will possibly not be here next week. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And then we'll do it. Actually, yeah. Hey, that's what I've I've got it. I actually put it in my calendar for every three weeks. That's so funny. So next week is my week off. (laughs) There you go. I love that. I love that. Um, But yeah. Cool. So then I guess next week will be the exclusive Thunderquack podcast episode uh, uh, off the record which you can get if you're a Patreon supporter at uh, $5 or above. Um, and that'll just, that once again, just be me talking to myself. Right now. Uh, uh, there, there should be a post soon. I automated the post, so there should be a post soon mm-hmm. on Patreon to submit topics for me to talk about. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll talk about Jurassic Park for an hour and a half again, or maybe I'll talk <laughs> about more than one topic. Uh, right. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, but that's it for this week. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access, ad-free episodes, and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great content.